Amen. <laughs> Let's stand to our feet. First Corinthians chapter number 10. We're only going to read two verses of scripture. Remember, we're dealing with lifetime of self-improvement. We're teaching on this series of repentance. That's what we've been dealing with is repentance. You're thinking, man, can we continue to teach on this subject? Trust me, there's plenty of word of God dealing with repentance. Plenty. Lifetime is a lifetime of self-improvement. This is a lifetime thing. If you would like to have copies of this, all right, we still offer CDs. Yes, some of you, those young people may not know what a CD is, but we still offer CDs. I remember tapes. My parents used to talk about eight tracks. All right. Records. I got a record player in my home, actually. I just have it there for show. <laughs> I got one record. It's a Christmas record. But, um, but you can also go online and listen to the sermons. You know, you can go to YouTube. All these different outlets that we have the opportunity to do we can we can do that but we're dealing with a lifetime of self-improvement this series on repentance the bible says wherefore let him that thinketh he stand take heed lest he fall there hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man but god is faithful <laughs> there hath no temptation taking you but such as common to man but god is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it I'm so thankful that we serve a God like this somebody say there's a way out there's a way out you don't have to stay where you are Oh, I'm preaching to believer and unbeliever. There is a way out. There's a way out. I want to teach, preach on today the subject dealing with repentance. Can I be saved without it? Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We pray, oh God, that you may move upon us, oh Lord, as only you can. This is your church, God. We are your people. We are your sheep. I am your vessel. Use me, God, for your glory. Help me, Lord, to speak every word that is intended. And I pray, God, that my flesh will not get in the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. There are five keys, five reasons why repentance is so important. These keys are, and I will try to read through them slowly for those of you that are taking notes. I will repeat them so that you can get them down. Repentance allows God to restore us. Repentance allows God to restore us. Repentance also helps us to be humble. Repentance helps us to be humble. Repentance also drives the devil away. Repentance drives the devil away. Repentance frees us from the torment of sin. It frees us from the torment of sin. And repentance also leads us to the fullness of life with Jesus. It leads us to the fullness of life 
with Jesus. So repentance allows God to restore us. It helps us to be humble. It drives the devil away. It frees us from the torment of sin. And repentance leads us to the fullness of life with Jesus. The Bible says in Luke chapter number 3, since you don't have the screen, you're just going to have to trust. I'm reading out the Bible. Uh-oh, we may have to start bringing our Bibles to church. Luke 3, starting at verse number 2, the Bible says, And Annas and Caiaphas, being the high priests, the word of God, came unto John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And he came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And it says, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths, somebody say straight, make his path straight. Well, what is that saying here? It explains it in verse number five, where the Bible says, every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be brought low and the crooked shall be made straight. And the rough ways shall be made smooth. For the Bible says in verse number six, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. See, salvation is noticeable. For the Bible says that all flesh shall see the salvation of God. So salvation is noticeable. A repentant person, a repentant individual will have noticeable change. I'm going to say that again. A repentant person will have noticeable change. You cannot get up from an altar. You cannot get up from a meeting place with God. Say you have repented, but yet there's no change. A repentant individual, there will be noticeable change. They were doing one thing and now they have decided to do another. That's when you know you have been encountered with a person that has repented because now they have a change of mind which brings about a change of character amen for the bible continues to say in verse number seven then said he to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him O generation of vipers who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come Bring forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance and begin not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. So John here is speaking to a group of people that he's trying to encourage them. The Bible says, therefore, he says, bring forth therefore fruits worthy of of repentance he tells them not to say that your father Abraham just because we have our Abraham as our father that we don't have to make change in our life because we have the promise from Abraham see what in essence that is saying is then is that brother Carson if I can use you as an example sir come on come on down here please that if we have someone like Brother Carson, all right? And then we have someone like his son or a daughter. This would be his daughter right here. Come on up here, sister. All right? Come on up here, sister. Come on, Sister Carter. And so now we have someone 
Like Sister Carter that will say, well, I don't need to make changes. I don't need to do certain things because of who my father is. Sister Carter can take on a mentality like the Jews of that day saying, well, I have Brother Carson as my father. That's who my father is. Do you know who he is? Do you know how long he's pastored? Do you know what all he's done in the kingdom? I don't need what you're talking about because I have him as my father. But the Bible says, no, you got to bring forth fruits that are worthy for repentance. It doesn't matter who your father is. But yet he was trying to get them to understand it doesn't matter who raised you or who brought you up or what your heritage or what your last name used to be. It doesn't matter who you come from. You still have to do what's right before God. And then he goes on to say, which I really like, Brother Carson. He says, I don't care who your father is because I'll bring up stones. Come on up here, Brother Pruitt. Because I will raise up people. Did you? Uh, no, come, come on over here. Yeah, yeah, there's going to be a separation. Amen. I'm not going to say holy and unholy, clean and unclean. I'm not going to do them like that. But there's going to be a separation here. Because these people, especially this one over here, thinks because of who her father is, she doesn't have to do anything. That's what that generation was thinking. But see, John the Baptist was saying, I raise up stones. I raise up, can I just use Brother Pruitt as an example? Is your father a preacher? Is your mother a preacher? No, not at all. Were, were you even brought up in church? As far as your parents bringing you up in church? No, you were not. But yet, you, the only reason why you came to church, Brother Pruitt, was because someone came and picked him up. The only reason why he's here was because someone came and got him at his house. He became a product of this church, if I can use that word product just for a moment. Just hear me out here. Product of this church because of bus ministry, am I correct? Because someone made the choice to go to his house who knew nothing about the gospel, but yet someone made the effort to go pick him up so that he can learn about Jesus Christ. What I'm simply saying is, is that John the Baptist was trying to get people's attention, saying, look, I don't care where you come from. I don't care what your heritage is. I don't care how you were brought up because I can replace you. If you don't think you have to obey, I'll bring in people that know nothing about me and will raise them up and will be heirs or seeds to Abraham. Yeah. Amen. Amen. All because someone took the time, if I can just call you a stone just for a moment, don't get mad at me here. I, if God is trying to get our attention saying, I will raise up people like this. I will bring in stones. I will bring in people that don't know nothing about Jesus Christ. Unless we tempt the mindset to change. That's the beautiful thing about the kingdom of God is that he can take people that were raised in it. He can take people that knew nothing and bring us all part of God's family. Come on, somebody, clap your hands unto the Lord. Amen. That is beautiful. That's wonderful. See, that's why those of you that have been brought up in it, don't ever think you can just get away with things because of where you come from. Don't ever think that, oh, I'll be okay because of who my daddy is. I'll be okay because of who my mother is. I'll be okay just because I've been in this thing for 30, 40 years. Everything's going to be all right. Oh, no, we have to humble ourselves. That's why he said every mountain and hill will be brought down low. If you think you somewhere, he'll bring you down because his way is straight. Yeah. 
His way is straight. So we must realize and understand that it takes the straight and narrow way. It takes God's way. It doesn't matter whose way we think or who we think that we are. Because he'll raise up people that don't know nothing about Jesus. Oh, he's doing it already. He'll raise up people that don't know nothing about him. That's why when people come in this church, we have to rejoice. That's why people come in, we have to rejoice and thank the Lord for what he's doing. Amen. I, I, I want to bring something to your attention. If Go, go with me to uh, the book of Luke, chapter number 15. Chapter number 15, uh, go to verse number 3. Luke 15, verse number 3. This is when it's talking about uh, the lost sheep. And how he'll leave the 99 to go get the one. Listen to this now. It says, and he spake this parable. Somebody say parable. So he's speaking of a parable, giving an example. He says, and he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it. And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing. The Bible says in verse number six, listen to this now. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors saying unto them, rejoice with me for I have found my sheep which was lost. Now listen to this. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. But listen, I'm going to read that one more time. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Now, Now I want you to listen to this verse very, very closely. Because see, oftentimes we don't get excited about the one sheep until that one sheep becomes you. Uh-huh. Until it's one of your family members. Until it's somebody associated with you. We don't get excited over the one. We're just happy to be a part of the 99 until that one is you. Well, I'm here to tell you all of us were that one at some point. Every one of us were that one sheep. And that's why we ought to clap our hands right now and rejoice. And thank the Lord that he brought us in. Amen. But I want you to understand something. That's why when someone goes down in the name of Jesus Christ, that's why we rejoice. That's why we thank the Lord. Every time someone gets filled with the Holy Ghost, that's why we rejoice. That's why we thank the Lord because it's that one sheep that the Lord is bringing in. But the Bible says, now look at this now, in verse number 7, it says, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons. Notice the, 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 the verbiage of the Bible. The Bible does not say that he has joy over the one sinner, but does not have joy over the ninety-nine. Read it very closely. It does not say that he ignores the 99 and puts all his attention just on that one and does not have joy over the 99 that remain. No, the Bible says more than. That means he still has joy for the 99. He just has more joy over that one. And then when he brings in that one, that one becomes a part of the original joy of the 99 until he can go out and find one more. Maybe I'm talking too fast. Do I need to slow this down just a little bit? I I need y'all to understand this concept is that 
for the joy of the Lord. The Bible says for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. That joy was you and I. So we're a part of the joy. But then there's always that one that the Lord is looking for saying, who is that one person? Who is that one sheep? Who's the one person that I can go after today? Who's the one person that came into the house of the Lord ready to repent? Ready to change? Ready to give their life to me? Ready to be baptized in my name? Ready to be filled with the Holy Ghost? I'm here to tell you today, if you came here ready to be filled with God's Spirit, God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost here today. If you came here ready to be baptized in the name of Jesus, God's going to bring you out and bring you back into the 99. Why? Because you matter. That's why. Because you matter. That's simply it. And that's why it's important to understand, no, you cannot be saved without repentance. Neither can you remain saved without repentance. You must have a change of mind, change of character every day. Every day we must take time to ask the Lord to search our heart. Every day we must take the opportunity. Why? Because we want to remain in the 99. We want to remain in that joy that the Lord is talking about. In order for us to remain in the joy, we must continue to have a repentive spirit. Or otherwise, we become one of the one that become lost. And now you become one of the ones that people are searching for. Oh, I wish I had a church in here right now that would just start praying and believing because I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but somebody here today is that one. Somebody here today says, I came here and I want to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I came here and I'm ready to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ because God is searching for that one. But in the meantime, the 99 need to continue to rejoice and be thankful that you are counted as one of his. That's what's interesting about this story. The Bible lets us know. Now, before I go there, I want to share something with you. Just, I was going to go a little different way, but I want to share something as I close. The Today's Sunday, so Friday. Friday, my family celebrated my grandfather. We call him Paul Paul. We celebrated his 90th birthday. Now, the interesting thing is, is that we really don't know his age <laughs> because his birth certificate was misplaced. <laughs> some people say 90, some people say he's 91. So. My dad said 90, and my dad said, I'm right, your, your aunts are wrong. <laughs> I said, that's where I got that spirit from, though. So, <clears throat> celebrated my grandfather's 90th birthday. And what's interesting is, is that my Paul, who I'm named after, uh, because I'm Eddie Robinson III, grandfather is Eddie Robinson Sr. My dad is Eddie Robinson Jr. And I'm, I'm the third. He's my last grandparent that's left alive. So it's very meaningful to me. Not only do I carry his name, but he's just, he's, he's the last grandfather. So it's very meaningful to me 
And I began to think about my grandfather's life. Because my grandfather, from his lineage, has just off the top of my head at least five preachers, at least two pastors, some evangelists. Many of the, the women that have come from that lineage have married preachers, gifted singers, musicians. I, I, I'm sure I'm missing a few, tons of Sunday school teachers. And everybody's a Bible teacher. That was just mandatory in my family that you knew how to teach a Bible study. All came from that lineage. My grandfather and my, my grandmother. My grandmother who passed away just few years back and when I think about that my grandfather who's 90 received the gift of the Holy Ghost in October of 1994 he was 63 years old he received the Holy Ghost and was baptized one day before his 64th birthday. My brothers and sisters, my Paul was the town drunk. And when I say the town drunk, Brother Stevenson, no, he was the town drunk. I'm talking the town drunk to where when the cops seen him, they knew who he was and wouldn't even arrest him. They would just take him, drop him off at my grandmother's house or just leave him be and come back and check on him every hour just to make sure he's okay. The town drunk. Everybody knew my grandfather for the wrong reasons. I was very young and really didn't know the fullness of the story and what all he put my grandmother through. See, it was my grandmother that took the kids to church. It was my grandmother that kept him in the church and brought him up in church while my grandfather was just, he was just out. Now, I have no idea. I really don't know if, if my grandmother, did she ever lose the faith? Did she ever think that there's just no way? Especially as he's not just 40. Now he's 50. Now he's 60. I want to help somebody here today. Because when I say he was an embarrassment, I can only hear my dad and my aunts, uncles talk about what they had to go through because that was their dad. And now my dad, he's named after him. The things that troubled his mind. And I remember my father talking about how he thought he would just be just like his dad because that's what he grew up around and that's all he knew and that's what he's seen and as much as he tried to get away from that it seems like the world was pulling him into that and here my grandfather has outlived everybody when we thought he would have died in his 60s we thought drugs and alcohol would have took him out we just knew he was going to be dead. We just knew it. 
There will be discussions about it all the time. There will be times when we couldn't go to our grandparents' house. I remember this as a kid. We couldn't go because we didn't know how grandpa was going to come home. We didn't know what was going to happen. My parents wanted to keep us safe. They didn't know how he was going to act when he came home. I'm talking about the town drunk where everybody knows his name but for the wrong reasons. Doing the wrong things out in the wrong places. But one day, one day, one day on October the 15th, because his birthday is October the 16th, one day in 1994, October the 15th, that drunk, that town alcoholic hit his face and hit his knees. He began to cry out to the Lord. Who would have known? You talk to my grandpa today, he will tell you. It's amazing how this 90-year-old is still in his right mind. He's still able to get around and move. He knows my name. He knows who he is. He knows who he used to be. He knows. And he will say, son, I can't believe how merciful God's been to me. I can't believe that you're a preacher. I can't believe my, my firstborn son is a preacher. I can't believe that your brother is a preacher. I can't believe that I have sons and daughters that are in ministry that are doing things for God when my mind and my life was so far away from God. I had no reason. I have no reason to be alive. He'll tell you that. He'll tell you. He knows his life. He knows where he's been. He said, but God has been good to me. He's been so good to me. It was one day, church, I need you to hear me right now, because that's all it takes. It's just one day, one moment, one heart, one mind. Are you ready to change today? Or are you ready to walk right back out of here saying, oh, I'll try it again another day? I don't know if he's preaching to me right now. I don't know if this affects me right now. I, I, I'll, I'll come again. I, I, I don't know about right now. No, you don't have, you have no idea what tomorrow may hold for you. But today can be that day like it was for Eddie Robinson Sr. And now here I am, Eddie Robinson III. He can see his lineage preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He can see his lineage because there was a grandmother and family members that kept praying for grandpa who's 90 years old that can look over his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren. He's even got great-great-grandchildren that he can see and say, look what the Lord has done because I don't deserve anything that the Lord has blessed me with. Matter of fact, I don't even deserve to be here. But God has been merciful to me all because one day he decided to repent one day he decided to change his life one day he decided to turn it over to jesus christ and that's all it takes is one moment with jesus do i have a witness in here 
Do I have a witness in here? All it takes is one moment. You can lay down every alcohol. One moment. You can lay down every drug. One moment. You can turn from a life of sin. One moment. You can give your life to Jesus Christ. One moment. He can change you from a course of death to a life of Christ. Because Paul Paul was headed down the wrong road. Paul Paul was headed towards damnation. He knows it. He'll tell you. But on October the 15th, he knelt down. It was in his house. He was by his bedside. See, I remember this day because I remember the phone call coming into the house. And I remember my father rushing over there to the house. And I remember that day and he got baptized in his bathtub in his house. <laughs> see, 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 I remember this. I remember it. Just a young boy. But I remember how Paul Paul changed his life. And I remember seeing that 64-year-old man in church. Really couldn't do much, but he would jump up and down. He couldn't move much. He was upset because he didn't give his life to the Lord years ago. But he said, but while I have a chance, I'm going to magnify him. While I have a chance, I'm going to worship him. Because he didn't know how long he had to live. I want to encourage somebody right now as we stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Today can be somebody's moment. Today can be somebody's hour. Today can be somebody's chance. 